a big shakeup to how college all-star games are going to work. The Arizona Cardinals still hold the top pick, but for how long? Um, the Senior Bowl invites have started going out. This edge rusher class is loaded. We're going to talk about all that and more coming up next on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Bosarge, joined as always by my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 168 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and 19 seconds away from the 2024 NFL Draft. Yeah, we're, we're steamrolling uh, past the halfway point of the NFL season now, and we're you know moving to only a couple weeks left of the college football regular season. So we, we are deep into it, and you can... You can tell, you can see by the people looking at the site and the numbers, and people are starting to get into draft mode here pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, no doubt, especially uh, that big seven-round mock you posted on Monday. Uh, people definitely were interested in that. Uh, just a reminder, if you're new to the channel, come across this live feed, be either on Twitter or on YouTube. Uh, hit that subscribe button there. Hit the notification bell to go live each and every week. If you've got questions and you're watching along live in the chat, go ahead and drop one in there. If you're following on Twitter, send a question to at Draft Countdown. We'll answer it at the end of the show or on Discord, uh, on the Draft Countdown Discord channel, of which you are, if you're not a member, go to draftcountdown.com, go to the top right of the search bar, click the link there to join the Discord channel and ask your question there or just discuss anything uh, that you want to talk about. We are always in there uh jumping around talking about all that good stuff but shane i led with it at the top humongous news i think uh as far as all-star games go uh the nfl released a statement today saying that underclassmen that declare for the draft will now be eligible to play in the senior bowl the shrine bowl and the hbcu legacy bowl uh this was announced just today and kind of like took the steam out of us because we both released senior bowl predictions the last each of the last Wednesday and kind of uh kind of hurt that a little bit. But you know, first, I mean, what what do you think this means in the grand scheme of things, you know, for 2024 and beyond? I look, I th- I think it's a good thing for the senior bowl for the shrine game. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of upset obviously being called the senior bowl, <laughs> there's going to be juniors there or, you know, the tradition, the old school way and mentality. Um, it, you know, I mean, it, it was always kind of weird in terms of, well, who's eligible for the game, who's not eligible for the game. Um, especially they added, you know, when I started covering the graduation, Hey, if you, if you graduated from college, you can play, even if it's only been three years and that made people eligible. So it's like, let let everyone play if they want to play, you know, we're still gonna have a lot. Most of the underclassmen are not going to play in the game, the high profile first round picks into second round picks. Um, They're not going to, but you have a lot of underclassmen that declare maybe they're mid round picks. They want to move up. They haven't run up the combine yet. You know, their agents Hey, this might be a good way to talk to teams to get in. And, you know, and, and you talked about uh, on Twitter, Brian, this helps the games like the hula bowl, the smaller bowls, because now some of these uh, older players are going to not go to the senior bowl. They're not going to get picked for the shrine. Well, you got a pretty good, 
pretty good roster maybe in these smaller games. I think it helps everyone out, makes for better all-star games, makes it better to scout. I just want better talent. Uh, to me, this is this is the best of every world. I mean, let's look at it like this. Last year it was, what, six? The number of underclassmen to declare was down exponentially last year from what it has been. And we've talked about that ad nauseum as to why, because of the extra year and everybody, the NIL money now, people don't aren't, you don't have to rush out to be a seventh round pick when you can just stay in college and make more than that, right? So kids are going back to school more. So the number of underclassmen come down, but let's just take that number last year. I believe it was 67 or 69. I'm not sure. Let's just say 30 of those guys go to the senior bowl. 30 guys don't. Another 10 go to the shrine or whatever, and then so on and so forth. Those number of players that would have been to the senior bowl, well, those 30 underclassmen that are in the senior bowl now, that takes 30 senior players down that go down to the shrine. Well, that's 30 more players that don't go to the shrine now that are going to get down to the Hula Bowl because, remember, there is no NFLPA Bowl anymore. They disbanded that game this year. So now the Hula Bowl is the number three collegiate all-star game. Right. I don't I don't think there's any argument there now. They were almost as good as the NFLPA last year anyway. So they're they're now the de facto number three. They're their roster is going to get better here. So I feel like it's good for them. And to a lesser extent, maybe the Tropical Bowl and the CGS might get a, a handful of players they wouldn't have gotten as well. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting from that perspective. As is as far as not calling it the senior bowl or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like you said, there's been third year sophomore redshirt sophomores that played in the senior bowl. You know, uh, a few years ago, there was a receiver from Clemson. I can't remember which one it was now, but he was a, a three year player, but he graduated early. So he played in the senior bowl. Well, obviously, he's not a senior. So let's just let that go. It doesn't matter. It's just a name, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, they don't have to change the name. Like they're not going to change the name. Uh, with that, um, you know, you know that that's always the case. So, like, let's not let's not worry about what it's called or who's going. What this does is elevate the talent because the senior bowl is not going to take an underclassman just because they're underclassmen. I no, <laughs> you know, they're not just going to be like, okay, well, if you're if you declare, you're in. Like, they're going to be very picky. They've already built their boards with everyone included. Um, you know. And and you might have a surprise, right, Brian? I mean, you might have a surprise that a high-profile player, we've seen it happen, does show up uh, and does declare. You know, I'm, I'm sure Jim Nagy's on. You know, going to be on They're the phone with on right now. Drake May and Caleb Williams, and here's what you know. Here's what we can do. They're not going to show up, but you know, like you, you could have maybe a Malik Neighbors surprisingly show up, and and, and hey, that's exciting for everyone. Right, Travion Henderson, Ohio State yeah. could show. Or, yeah, I mean, the or, running backs is a, is a really yeah. good – Especially you know, this class, right? <laughs> you know, an agent might say, hey, you should go. It might help you be the number one running back taken. It might get you in the back end of the first rounds. Trayvon Henderson and Braylon Allen and these running backs, you know, if they get an invite, they might show up. Yeah, I, I, we were talking back and forth on Discord. We don't think like Caleb Williams or Drake May is going to be here, right? No. No, no, no. But, no, but I mean, uh, no. We're, we're not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. at the Senior Bowl. It would <laughs> right. be awesome. I'd love to see it. It's not going to happen. But you could get a Keon Coleman or Xavier Worthy or one of those guys, you know, who wants to try to move themselves up the, the pecking order, maybe, or like you said, Malik Neighbors, maybe they want to try to go from a late teens, early 20s spot into that top 10, maybe. They want to try to do that. It could You could see something like that. It's going to be interesting um, how that works out. I'm, I'm here for it, though. Better, more talent. Coming in front of me, three miles from my front porch. I'm all I'm all about it. Let, let me see the best of the best out there. Um, you had one one more thing I want to talk about because I, I loved your comment here on or your prediction, if you will, on uh, Twitter. You you said within five years you think that undrafted players uh, with eligibility left are going to be able to they're going to let them go back to college. You think that's coming? Yeah, I think that's the next step. It's already kind of been people are calling for it, but like the NBA does, that you can basically not sign with an agent. And honestly, they might not even have that rule with NIL. Most like I know agents who are NI, you know, NIL advisors for college players, and then oh, they they're their agent after they graduate. Like you know, funny how that works out. 
so who cares? Like that's basically what's going to happen anyway. Um, but if basically if you get drafted, that's it. You know, you're in. And so it gives teams an incentive in those late rounds to draft maybe underclassmen players that that they want. Uh, but if not, I, th- I think a lot of NCAA teams would like to have some of these players back that declare early and mistakenly don't get drafted. I think the NCAA would probably love to have them back and you have a high profile name that comes back and doesn't get drafted. Um, I, I just, I don't see how, you know, why that wouldn't happen. I say in yeah, five years, they're going to let players go back to school uh, ultimately. Do you want to see it almost like mirror the NBA where if they if they don't like their draft position, they can go back? Like So like in the NBA, if you're a second-round pick but you don't sign with an agent, you can go back to college, but that team keeps your rights. Is that something you'd like to see or just, just re-enter the draft pool? Uh, I mean, personally, probably not. I, I, th- I think it just makes it a little more complex to predict the draft. Like it makes my job harder, right? Because I think teams would take some chances on some players more so. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't hate it. Like I, I'm, I'm definitely a for the players guy. Like if it helps the player out, like let's help the player out. I just don't. I don't think the the NFL is a little different in that way that go, you know, retaining their rights and going and playing somewhere like baseball or basketball isn't going to help you as much as just playing in the NFL. Right. You know, you might as well just play in the NFL. But, like, if you want to try to make more money, then I think you should be able to try to do that. And what's the worst thing that could happen? You can go back in the draft, you get undrafted again, like, oh, whoa, okay. You know, oh, well. All right, uh, Sal's got a question in the comments. I figured we'll just go ahead and answer this one here. Uh, can a player announce for the senior bowl, but then take it back? I thought I remember somebody doing that last year. You are correct. It happened multiple times last year. Uh, Rook or Hora Hor or Horro Horro, whatever his name is. Anyway, I'm going to butcher that a hundred times between now and draft date. Uh, he was one of those guys that did it. So um, yes, it's it's definitely a, a thing that can happen, and it's definitely something we will probably see again this year. Yeah. Um- Gottlieb uh, Ayedzi as well from Frostburg yes. State, transferred to Maryland, you know. So sometimes those transfer requests come in. He transfer probably up. should have uh, came on out. He probably should have uh, after what happened this year. But, you know, we I, I would think we'll get to the some of the first invites here, I'm sure. Yeah, we're going to um, we're, we're gonna definitely talk about that. Uh, but but I think, I think there's a player that got invited that that exact same thing could happen to. Okay. All right, so let's move on. Now, in our favorite segment of the week, who is drafting in the top 10 of the NFL draft now? And it's pretty much the same as it was last week. Not a, not a whole lot of change. Uh, Arizona at, still at the top uh, because, by a half game because they've played more games than everybody. They haven't had their bye week yet. But are their fortunes about to change, Shane, with Kyler Murray uh, back into the starting lineup, we assume, this week? Yeah, it, it seems like he's a full go. I, I think they're going to win a couple games here with Kyler Murray. I think it could even start this week um, for the Cardinals so against the Falcons. Um, but, I mean, they have a pretty light schedule. They play the Bears. They you know, you know play the, the Steelers. And um, they could win a game or two. Well, they're not beating the Steelers at this point because uh, the NFC West is just not going to beat anybody from the AFC North this year, <laughs> I don't believe. It just seems to be the way it's going. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, picks two and three belong to the Chicago Bears. Pick two by way of Carolina. Pick three by Chicago. That doesn't look like that's going to change much. Like Chicago's probably going to, at, at minimum at this point, are going to end up with two top five picks, right? I think so. They, the, the Bears and the Panthers play each other this week. So there's some Ooh. should, 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 is it better to win or better to lose for the Bears in this game? I don't know. Could go either way. Yeah, uh, right. I would think it would be better to to lose this one, right? Because yeah, you, you're I, I you're you're the crazy. half game behind. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, Tyson Bajet starting again uh, for the Bears. Field still hurt. Uh, speaking of hurt quarterbacks, uh, our team here at number four, the New York Giants, will be without Daniel Jones for the rest of the season. Was an Achilles uh, with Jones or an ACL? 
Uh, I yeah, I think it was an ACL if I remember correctly. Okay, well he's out yeah. for the season, yeah, which is going to give us a NFL record tenth rookie starting quarterback this week. As for some reason, an NFL team is allowing Tommy DeVito to start a game. He will be the tenth rookie, the undrafted out of Illinois. Illinois, right? But he yeah. transferred from Syracuse. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, the rookie from Illinois will start for the Giants. Uh, who are they playing this week? Doesn't matter. They're losing. <laughs> wow. It just doesn't matter. You know, look, it's uh, – yeah, Tommy DeVito is not exactly – yeah, not exactly built to uh, win. They're playing the Cowboys, so that's probably not going to go Oh, yeah, de I, definitely if, a loss. If you had given me, tw like, 25 chances to guess – the 10 rookies that would have started a game. Tommy no DeVito way, would no way Tommy DeVito makes that list. No. no. Unbelievable. Uh, speaking of teams with quarterback ailments, the Los Angeles Rams at six, uh, and they go out and dust off Carson Wentz, I guess, to be their backup because they had somebody named Dresser Wynn who – I didn't watch last year. Like I, UT Martin, he wasn't – very good. The stats well, were good. I don't know. Canada. He well, he last no, he played UT Martin last year, and then went to well, Canada. He, okay. Well, he was a man yeah. because I looked he was him a up rookie. today. Yeah, he was uh playing for the S uh Edmonton Elks. Yeah, or, like the NFL didn't sign him, so he went to the CFL, but he played UT Martin last year as their starting quarterback. Yeah, well. Speaking of teams with bad quarterback play, that brings us now to the Green Bay Packers picking seventh and Jordan Love uh, struggling still. Injuries on that offense as well. Not, not great for Green Bay. Tampa Bay uh, picking eighth here at three and five, although Baker Mayfield hasn't played bad uh, for them. Uh, Denver picking ninth. And the Tennessee Titans, although they lost last week, um, through two games, Will Levis has not been bad. Yeah, I mean the first game was great. Uh, the Steeler game was a little, little more difficult, but he's he's done pretty well. So uh, good for him. Uh, I'm going to extend this one more here just because I want. To, I just thought this was funny when I read it on Twitter earlier this week. Uh, Atlanta picking 11th is Arthur Smith the fantasy devil? Oh, I mean uh, I. They, they had five plays at the one-yard line, did not have Bijan Robinson in the game for any of the five plays. Well, why why'd you draft him? Like, what, why, would you draft, why would you draft a running back at number eight if you're not going to use him in that situation? Also, last week I saw they, they ran a – like inside the red zone, they ran a trick play where they had the number two tight end on their team throw to the number three tight end on their team while the highest drafted tight end in the history of football blocked. Yes. See? John, I mean, John U. Smith is outperforming Kyle Pitts. That's where we're at. Uh, so, someone someone I saw, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, gave a nice uh, thesis that, like, when John U. Smith scores a touchdown, everyone's like, wow, what? Well, how creative. Like, what good coaching when Kyle Pitts scores a touchdown. It's like, Kyle Pitts is awesome. So, Arthur Smith likes to be the guy that people say is – is a genius and that doesn't happen when your good players score. Yeah. He's going to get his ass run off. Yeah. That's going to be that game. That game was bad for him. Yeah. It's, it's Josh. Dobbs, no, did Josh Dobbs do 12 plays and you couldn't beat him? You know, unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great for Josh Dobbs. And yeah, awesome. that. Um, so yeah. Uh, one more quick NFL note before we go. Hey, to the AFC North, a clap here. All four AFC North teams currently in the playoffs. The Ravens lead the division. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, all five and three currently in the playoffs. Uh, the Bengals have played the highest strength of schedule, so Tankathon has them ranked the highest. But in the standings, they are dead last in the AFC North because they've lost to Cleveland and Baltimore. I don't know if I don't know if my Steelers are gonna hold up our end of the of the bargain of all four teams making it, but we'll try. The we'll try. Steelers essentially right now 
are the 2023, 2022 Minnesota Vikings, right? Yeah. That's essentially what it is. At some point, they're going to get exposed, but it hasn't happened yet. First round of the playoffs, uh, I'm sure, is where it will not go well. (laughs) It will will not uh, go well at all. So that's going to do it for our top 10 segment here. Now we're going to look back at week 10 of college football and talk about the best players we watched this past week. Shane, I'll let you lead it off here. Uh, Who was the best offensive player that you uh, got your eyes on this week? Well, I'm going to the LSU-Alabama game, and I'm going to highlight Jaden Daniels, the quarterback for LSU. I mean, I'd also highlight Jalen Milrow, the quarterback for Alabama, uh, but I don't think he's coming out to the draft. Um, but Jane Daniels impressed me. I mean, uh, 219 yards passing against a tough Alabama defense that was in the backfield consistently. He had 163 yards rushing, a lot of that on scrambles, just getting out of there, making something happen. I mean, without him, I don't think that game is very close. And when he went down with a possible concussion, uh, we saw that play out. And that's when Alabama pulled away from that game. Two passing touchdowns, rushing touchdown. I, I mean, I, I really wrote off Jane Daniels after last year. He couldn't throw the ball very well. I think he's pushing to be the third quarterback drafted in the draft at this point. Yeah, I think you're 100% right there. Uh, two things quickly um, about that. I wanted to, you brought up Jalen Milrow. Jesus, what a gear, next gear that guy's got, right? Yeah, running. I mean, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like he goes from stop, full stop to 60 mile an hour like that. I mean, that guy has just unreal acceleration but did you think the hit that dallas turner delivered was a bit dirty yeah uh yeah i mean it should have been a penalty at the very least i don't think it's like uh that was you know dallas turner trying to take i mean i don't know it's fine but it should have been a penalty especially compared to some of the other penalties called alabama got some some referee help in that game for sure mighty mighty coincidental that uh Two years in a row when Alabama's needed a quarterback to get hurt, they've gotten hurt. Jesus. Anyway, best offensive player I watched this week was a transfer running back that just ripped apart Southern Cal this week, and that was Mississippi State, former Mississippi State running back Dylan Johnson, now at Washington. 256 yards on 26 carries, four touchdowns uh, in the game. Uh, didn't do much uh, catching the ball, but doesn't have to, right? But we know that he can catch the ball. If you go back and watch the Mississippi State tape, he was one of their leading receivers last year, right? If I'm if I'm re- remembering correctly, uh, as a product of the air raid. So Dylan Johnson, just big day. He's a he's a powerful back, nice balance, you know, in the lower half there. Doesn't go down on first contact easily. I don't think he's going to be a 4-4 guy, probably in that four slow 4-6 four, range if I had to guess. But uh, just a, a big, big day for him against uh, the Trojans. Yeah, I mean, huge day. And you could see that was the game plan going in for Washington, really to go behind Dylan Johnson, and it worked. It worked uh, great against the USC. Yep. Um, best defensive player you watched this week? Yeah, player that was not on my radar, but is now after the game. Um, Andrew Chatfield Jr., who's an edge rusher from Oregon State, uh, had three sacks in this game, and uh, he was a, a you know transfer from Florida. Has played a ton of years now in college football. Um, I think this was year like six for him, but um, he, he man, he was impressive throughout this game. Was consistently in the backfield, like really good power. Look like a, a nice, you know, stand-up pass rusher who has a unique skill set. They dropped him back into coverage and try to throw against him, and he got his hand in there. He was pretty sticky in coverage. Um, had two additional QB hurries in addition to the three sacks. Like it was, he he was in Shadur Sanders' face throughout that game and uh, took over. Honestly, without him, I don't know if Oregon State wins. So really good performance and puts him on my draft radar. Good to hear. Um, 
Best defensive player I watched this week uh, was SMU edge rusher Elijah Roberts, a guy who I wasn't overly familiar with but got good size. He sets the edge well at 6'4", 275, forced a fumble on a strip sack after he beat one of the Rice offensive tackles like quick. Uh, they line him up all over. They line him up on the edge. They'll line him up inside. So he's got that scheme versatility. Uh, finished uh, the game against Rice with five tackles, two and a half sacks, and that forced fumble. That's good. I'm going to have to write him down and make sure I go back and give a good watch. All right, so that's going to end our look back now, and we're now going to look ahead to week 11, and we're going to talk about a couple of games that are happening right now. <laughs> if you were going to start with uh, – we're going to start with some action. It's that time of year, right, midweek action. And uh, I'll be watching tonight uh, after the show's over, Akron at Miami of Ohio. It's currently on ESPNU. A uh, couple of, uh, probably not a whole lot happening with Akron, so to speak, but a couple of guys for uh, Miami, Ohio, that I want to keep my eye on. Uh, their quarterback, Brett Gabbard, I know you've talked about him a few times, brother, younger brother of uh, longtime NFL journeyman, Blaine Gabbard. And uh, former Gamecock uh, running back, Rashad Amos, uh, had 161 yards rushing last week, had 61 at the half tonight. So I want to see how he's uh, transitioning there and see if maybe he's got some NFL future with him. He's got good size at 6'2", 225. I was a big fan of Amos, uh, you, know, you know, coming out of high school. So excited to see him have some success out there for Miami. Tore up Ohio last week. was really cool. Yep. Uh, currently on ESPN2, Shane, you'll be watching Eastern Michigan at Toledo. And a big surprise in your mock draft on Monday was uh, towards the was it pick 32, I believe it was, Toledo cornerback Quinion Mitchell. Very ball-hawky uh, corner there. Good length, good size. Uh, tell me about what you what you like so much about Quinion Mitchell that's got him in the first round of your latest mock draft. Yeah, and, and from what I watched so far this game, I mean, he's doing – he's shutting – like, just a shutdown, you know, corner here in the MAC. Like you said, he has the length. Quinion Mitchell has uh, a good jam and, and transition out of that jam. Like, he's athletic with some nice strides and rarely get – you know, I haven't seen him get beat deep. I have – you know, I've seen him get physical. He could tackle. Like, feels like a kind of a full package player that just hasn't been challenged too much. Um, so th definitely Quinion Mitchell's a name I think will be a riser here uh, coming up. And hopefully at the Senior Bowl, I think he could really make some noise. Yep. Uh, a couple other players for Toledo to watch out for. Their quarterback, Daquan Finn, uh, probably not entering this draft class. He'll have another year. But he's got some tools that that you like. You, you've mentioned in the past Penny Boone, their running back, is a solid player. And uh, former friend of the Buckeyes there, Dallas Gant, right at linebacker. Uh, sixth-year player. Uh, Dallas Gates had a pretty solid season. I think he can make a team. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Penny Boone. I think he could make a squad. Uh, Samson Evans on the other side for Eastern Michigan is a pretty good running back too. So, yeah, not, not a lot of big names, but some guys that can maybe hang on a, a camp taxi squad type. Uh, tomorrow night on ESPN at 6.30, I'll be watching Virginia at Louisville. And this is the first time I've seen the upstart uh, Cardinals this year. Now with uh, with Jeff Brom back uh, back at back home, there he's uh, got that team winning a lot of games so far uh, early this year, and they've got a pair of corners to look out for here. Uh, Storm Duck transferred over from Oregon and by way of North Carolina, I believe, and. Um, Jarvis Brownlee's a solid player as well as Quincy Riley. So three good corners there for Louisville on defense. Uh, Jamari Thrash, the wide receiver, transferred over from Georgia State. I believe uh, potential all-star game selection for him as well. And Jawar Jordan, the running back, is having a great season for Louisville. Yeah, Jawar Jordan's really impressed me and, and – He's definitely, I think, in that draftable range for them. You mentioned a lot of the names. Uh, it's 
Man, Louisville, a stacked team. We haven't seen that in a long time. I, I so didn't even cool. mention their edge rusher, Ashton Galat. I know that he's got a, a big following on uh, draft Twitter there. So some good players uh, from Louisville. Uh, Virginia, I mean, they've got some guys. Cam Butler's okay, uh, but he's injured, I believe. So uh, pectoral injury, I believe, for him. And just Chico Bennett's he's, – he's a solid player as well. Chico Bennett, yeah, it's it's – it's kind of rough goings for Virginia this year. Yeah, not not good. Uh, Friday night on FS1, I will be watching my, one of my favorite teams to bet on, UNLV, as they host Wyoming uh, this week. And it's just it's it's interesting. They they've rallied around. They basically they practice everybody as if they are a starter. That's they just rep every player the same amount. They rep the starters and the backups the same amount every week. So if a guy goes down, everybody's ready to go, right? And so they're uh, trotting out a redshirt freshman quarterback because Doug Brumfield got hurt. But uh, their big star, I think, as far as draft prospects go, is probably their wide receiver, Ricky White, who's having a huge season. Uh, was just added to the Bulletnikoff uh, watch list, which why are you still adding players 12 weeks in the season? I don't know. <laughs> But uh, proud to be a voter, but I, I don't get that logic. Uh, is there anybody from Wyoming we need to I need to focus on in this game? Um, Easton Gibbs, the linebacker, a pretty good tackle linebacker, a little on the you know smaller side, but he can hit. And uh, I, I know how much you love kickers, so kicker John Hoyland for Wyoming maybe has a shot to get drafted. I love some kickers, you know this. <laughs> 11 a.m. on ESPNU Saturday, I'll be watching Yale at Princeton, watching a lot of future doctors and lawyers and congressmen and stuff out there playing. That's not the guys I'm focused on, though. The two guys I'll be focused on in this game are offensive tackles for Princeton. It's Jalen Travis, 6'7", 310, and Yale, Jonathan Mendoza, uh, 6'8", 315. Uh, the real prize here would have been Kieran Omega G, uh, but he is hurt. Yeah, he's so. out for the year. That, that's unfortunate. Um, I, you know, I'm glad I got to catch him because he's super athletic, big size. But Jalen Travis for Princeton, uh, I've, I, I caught one Princeton game, really impressed me. So I'll be interested to see what you think of him. Yeah, not a whole lot of other to, to bother watching this game. There's no Andre Yoshivas this year. No, just watching the O line, baby. It's yep. in the trenches. Uh, Shane is a glutton for punishment, so it's decided to watch at 2.30 on Saturday on the Big Ten Network, Rutgers at Iowa. Are we going to see a new record low for the over-under this week? Currently trending at 29? Yeah. 29 and a half? <laughs> Jesus. This is awful football. But no. so you're watching but you're just watching the defense here, right? And that's all you that's all you're because there's no it's nothing worth watching on the offense. Uh <laughs> Cooper DeGene, corner, defensive back, special teams extraordinaire, is the prize here. Potential top 15 pick uh, for the Hawkeyes. Uh, they also have maybe the top punter in this class, which you're going to see him a lot this weekend, I would imagine. Uh, Tory Taylor uh, for Rutgers. Uh, defense is the name of the game here, right, with Max Melton, their corner, uh, Tyreen Powell, their linebacker as well. So, it's it's definitely a defensive game for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess the only offensive player is probably Mason Richmond, the offensive tackle for Iowa, uh, six six three zero eight. But uh, outside of that, it's not it's fun. not his fault. The skill players can't score. Yeah, and and the tight ends, uh, you know, the two tight ends for Iowa are hurt, so they would be, you know, Iowa's a tight end machine. They would be the guys if we if they were playing. At this point, if an Iowa tight end never caught a pass in his collegiate career, I'd still draft him at this draft point. I'd throw anyway, it in the seventh it. round. Just take a chance because you know they're going to be an athlete. Right. That's the way it is. I don't make the rules. Uh, 6 p.m. on Fox Saturday, Shane, you'll be watching West Virginia at Oklahoma. A uh, bit of falling off here for the Sooners after starting out undefeated and beating Texas. They've lost two in a row. Uh, they're going to try to save face here against West Virginia Anxious to see what you think of because I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. Their tight end, Cole Taylor, is a guy I really liked when I watched him. So, anxious to see how you feel about him. But 
seen a lot of talk about their other uh, interior offensive lineman, Brandon Yates, uh, for West Virginia. So anxious to see what you uh, what you think about him. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch that West Virginia offense. You know, because you mentioned Brandon Yates, who I haven't really focused on, but I like Zach Frazier, uh, one of their other interior linemen. Uh, you know, Oklahoma has some good linemen. Tyler Guyton had my first round their offensive tackle. You know, so I, it's going to be kind of fun to watch some of these uh, offensive linemen play this week. Yep. And finally, Shane, you'll be watching at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. Duke at North Carolina. I don't know if you're going to get Riley Leonard or Graham Barton this week. Yeah, probably not. But you will get Drake May. So <laughs> you got that to look forward to, right? Yeah, we'll see if he can convince me that he should be QB1 here. Uh, but North Carolina's got a ton of prospects. Uh, Tez Walker uh, is taking over in that slot position receiver for them. I've talked on the show about Cedric Gray, their linebacker I'm a big fan of. And uh, Bryson Nesbitt, their tight end, is breaking out even more now. So uh, kind of a, an interesting you know, interesting offensive scheme there at North Carolina this year. Uh, well, I like to see some of these peripheral pieces too. There you go. That's going to conclude our look ahead to week 11 of college football. You may have noticed we just not really watching the big games this week. So. Yeah, we watch a lot of big teams, you know, already. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. probably watch the big games live, and then right, I, I will as well through the scouting. Yeah. All right, Shane, you're back. You got the dub last week. Four and seven now. Yes. I'm gonna get. The I took. I took the L last week. SMU just could not put Rice away last week. Yeah, you know, and I it was sad. Shane is I mentioned three games last week, and the other two that I mentioned both hit. The one I picked did not. So, but that's the way it goes. I'm down to six and five this week. So, against my better judgment, I am going Homer this week. I, I was gonna say last week you could you could have you know. Bet a little Jacksonville State. And I could have, and I would have won. Yeah, right. I'm going to say Homer this week. I think they're going to blow Vanderbilt out of the water this week. South Carolina blowing out South Andy. Carolina minus 13 and a half. I'm going to lay those points and a Gamecock big win this week. Not, not, not respecting Vanderbilt here. Should I? Listen, I mean, Vanderbilt's closest SEC loss this year was last week. They lost to Auburn by 16 points. That is their closest game they played in the it, SEC. It game. is, but they only lost to Georgia by 17. I think that's pretty impressive. You know, South Carolina only lost to them by 10. Right. And led so, for most of the game. There you go. So South Carolina will be Fanny by seven. That's 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 the rule that's the logic here <laughs> yeah that's how they're winning by at least two touchdowns this week no all right all right no that's that's fair vanderbilt is not a good team so who do you got this week shane look if i have to watch iowa Rutgers, i better have some money riding on this game so i'm taking iowa minus one and a half against Rutgers. i actually Rutgers the good team they played well against ohio state but i think they really put everything into that game um, I think Iowa wins this one with, with defense. I think they shut them down. And, you know, Iowa can stumble into the end zone once and win seven, two, three. Uh, over under 29 and a half. Right. Uh, uh, I, I, I think it might go under. I think it might go under. That's the saddest part. They've had like <laughs> record unders, record over unders like three weeks in a row, and every under is hit. It's just, it's wild to me. All right, so that's our lock of the week. Uh, Shane going minus Iowa minus one and a half against Rutgers. I am going South Carolina minus 13 and a half against Vandy. So take that information however you'd like. (laughs) Right. All right, let's move on. Uh, I mentioned in the open, I think this edge class is pretty loaded. I mean, I just, I have currently in my top 150, I have. Six edge rushers in the top 22, five in the top 13. I this this I think this is a deep class. Uh, we're going to talk about 
I'm going to say we're going to talk about at least seven different guys tonight, if I had to guess. So we'll start at the top. I know our number ones are going to be different here because you have injury concerns with him. I just I'm not I'm not going to factor that into my evaluation. I'm just going to factor in what I've seen on the field the last two years. I think Laitu Latu is the top edge rusher in this class based off skill set, production, just everything else that I've seen so far to date tells me he's the top edge in this class. I, I've made the move as well. I've put him number one edge in this class uh, last week. I, I, think, I think he's just a little bit bigger, stronger, con- more consistent than the other top edges in this class. So I'm, I'm with you. I think Leitu Latu, as long as the medical checks out, uh, I think he can be a top 10 pick. All right. So that brings us to number two here. Uh, we should preface this, by the way, that these are the ed- top five edges that we expect to enter the NFL draft. And now that I these guys can go to all-star games, that we might actually get some other guys in here now that maybe wouldn't have. Or definitely will have a chance to play in those all-star games. Uh, number two on this list for me is still, although I'm teetering, uh, Florida State's Jared Verse. Uh, I don't think he's had the season this year that he had last that was having last year production wise, but you still see the ability in the run game as well as the passing game to to dom to take over a game, if you will, at times. So I still like verse here, but I'm not opposed to moving him up or down or moving him down a little bit if need be. Yeah, he's he's Jared Verse still my number two as well. He, he's had dominant games this year. Right? He's really had two games that I, Virginia Tech and Wake Forest. That I was like, oh, all right, you know, this is the guy that we were waiting for. And then the next week's kind of a dud, or you know, he's he's not doing much. And teams are definitely keying in on him. Uh, if you watch the game against Pitt, for example, I mean that they were running back was chipping him, was ready for Jared Verse every single play. Like, he has to get through two players in most cases to get any type of penetration. I think he's still playing well. Is he got to be the second edge taken in the draft? I don't know, but I think I feel more comfortable that Jared Verse is going to have a pretty long career in the NFL, maybe compared to some of the upside uh, players that we're going to talk about next. Yep. Uh, Number three on my board is a guy who I think – maybe ends up at the senior bowl now as opposed to not. And it could be a nice box office get for, for them down here. Uh, Dallas Turner from Alabama is my number three edge rusher. Another guy who like, like not unlike Jared verse who has flashed dominance at times this season and taken over games. So, he had the flashes last year as well when he was had Will Anderson on the opposite side of him. This year it's been kind of him and Chris Braswell, who we may or may not end up talking about later. I don't know yet. But uh, I think Turner, like I said, he's 6'4", 245, so maybe he's a bit on the lighter side. Uh, we'll see how that maybe goes up or down as we go through the process. But Turner, like I said, has flash dominance. Did not did uh, get that uh, what I thought was a – Fairly dirty hit against uh, Jaden Daniels this past week. Um, probably should have been thrown out of the game for targeting, but I don't make those calls. Yeah, I, I, he's my, my number three as well. I think Dallas Turner is exceptional, five-star recruit, top-tier athlete. He's he he gets his he gets to the quarterback like almost every game. He's he's back there. He's making plays. Um, I, I don't think he'll be at the senior bowl. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Uh, I, I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I think the upside is higher than Jared Verse. I think Dallas Turner could be, you know, a, a top five edge rusher in the NFL, right? He has that potential. I think he also could flame out at that size if he can't get off blocks. And that's going to be the big question. Right. I was, I'm going to be honest, Shane. I thought we would, uh, we have, would have I, would, lock steps. I think we'll start veering off here maybe, but we'll see. Maybe. Uh, number four to me is your guy, uh, your Buckeye here, JT Tui Molowau. 
Um, I've seen enough. I, I think he he's he's probably the most scheme diverse of all of these edge rushers where I think he could make that third down living inside uh, at the NFL level and those sub packages, those pass rush packages where they, you know, move those guys around. Uh, he sets the edge great in the run game. And he's, you know, he showed against Olu Fashano a few weeks ago what he plays the top competition. You know, he he can he can take over that at times. And that's the kind of games where you see him show up and he shows out. Does he disappear at, at times? A little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I like him a lot. I think he's very inconsistent. And so I don't have him in my top five. I'm, I'm kind of on the line if he declares or not as it is. Um, so for, for, uh, Tui Mo, while like there, there are times you watch him, you're like, man, this guy is big and he's fast and he can push anyone around. And then there are times he kind of gets swallowed up. So it's, it's a, it's a tough sell for me. And that's the problem with edge rushers, right? Is really, if you're great for seven plays, that can be enough to make that's, it could career, be enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I think Tui Mo can do that, but he's also, has these long stretches of, of nothing of, of bad decisions, even against the run or, you know, the, that, that kind of get me and have me drop him down. I, once again, high risk, high reward, kind of like Dallas Turner is. Where's he currently at on your board? He's sixth on my board. Okay. So just, just outside. Uh, who's just number outside. four then? Uh, for number four, for me, a player I consider not including, uh, it could go back to school, but because of the injury this year, but I'm going Chop Robinson from Penn State. I think he ends up declaring. It seems like things are swinging back in his direction. Um, you know, Chop Robinson spent a year at Maryland, transferred to Penn State. Really big fan of his last season, where I thought Robinson was. Look like the best Penn State defender on the field for a lot of those games um, last season. And so we've seen him not play here the past two games um, due to injury, but uh, had been dominant in the run game up until now, and that's what I really like. He can set set the edge, run down running backs, go into the outside, does well with that, um, really good about reading the offense, plus you have the top-tier athleticism and pass rush ability. I think Robinson should be a first round pick if if all if he declares and all the medical you know works out. He's sixth on my board and twenty second overall. So yeah, I'm 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 with you. I th I think he's a great player. Uh, just just outside of my top five. Uh, number five for me. Wrap up this list is another guy who I think has that run setting power and can and. Not the most aggressive in the pass rush, but can can combine, you know, to to make plays. I mean, he's he's very very good at it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and it's Braylon Trice from Washington, my number five guy. Um, he's a productive player for sure. Uh, one of the the leading sack guys on their team, along with uh, ZTF. So it's a uh, I I've. De Baited with him and Chop Robinson and, and Chris Braswell a lot, who I like here at number five. But uh, I ended up settling on Trice. I, I think I've had Trice at like three and felt good. And I've had, I have him at seven right now. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that can make sense too. Like you said, not flashy, uh, is good at what he does. I, I think he's a player you had in your senior bowl predictions. If he goes to the senior bowl, I have a feeling he's going to be in my top five. Like he's going to do really well down there. And I think we're going to really see, oh, here's the potential that Braylon Trice has. It's a lot of the, like you take that game against Oregon, I mean, they threw the ball so quickly. It was just tough yeah. for him to get any traction. And so I think that will help. Uh, my number five, you mentioned it is Chris Braswell, the edge rusher from Alabama. Um, I have him, you know, I think in many ways he's played better than Dallas Turner this season, especially with how Alabama utilizes Braswell. Uh, he's not just a pin your ears back, pass rush type of player. They'll drop him into coverage. He'll go up to the line, look like he's going to rush and sit in a soft zone um, and you know make an interception or play the run. The instincts are just out of this world with Chris Braswell. Um, you know, another guy that's on the lighter side, but I think very versatile. 
I'd love to see in a 3-4 defense that uses those outside backers and uh, numerous roles. I, I like Braswell as well. He's currently seven on my board. So we've roundabout talked about the top seven players on each of our boards. So there you yep. go. Uh, two more guys I want to talk about that I think have a chance to go higher than maybe anybody are predicting right now. Uh, let's get your thoughts quickly on Florida's Princely Umanmalin and Penn State's Adiza Isaac. Yeah, those are the next two on my board as, as well. I mean, I think Adisa Isaac has has played extremely well. I, I really liked him coming out of high school as well and just never quite put it together. And this year he's putting it together from a pass rush perspective, very clean uh, in terms of how he uses his hands and his feet. And then Uman Milin is wild. <laughs> I mean, he, he's a fun watch if you haven't watched. Uh, Florida, because I mean, there are times when he's out of position and like I don't know what he's what he's doing. He's 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 taking bad angles, and then you take a game like uh, against Arkansas, and he's I mean so quick off the edge. I, I think both those guys are you know solid top fifty type picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean that both of those guys by the time the process is over could have played themselves into the first round conversation or they're going to be solid early day two guys. But uh, so quickly recap here, the top five edge rushers for myself are UCLA's Liatu Latu, Florida State's Jared Verse, uh, Dallas Turner from Alabama, JT Tuimoloal, Ohio State, and Braylon Trice from Washington. For Shane, it is UCLA's Liatu Latu, Florida State's Jared Verse, Dallas Turner at three, Chop Robinson from Penn State at four, and Chris Braswell from Alabama at five. But yeah, you agree that this is a pretty loaded edge class throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It continues to be uh, just just a high high importance for college teams, high importance for NFL teams. I think we're gonna have good edge classes moving forward for a while. Yep. So that's gonna do it for that. And as we mentioned at the top, now we're we're senior bowling the rest of the show here as uh, invites have started going out. Three that we know about. One has been accepted so far. Uh, so we'll talk about the first one. Uh, quarterback Michael Pratt from Tulane gets the first invite, and he is the at this point the only Senior Bowl acceptance. Which is wild to me. I mean, there were rumors literally a week ago that Michael Pratt was getting NIL money tossed at him from bigger schools to transfer up, that that might be happening which I still think is a possibility. Like he's only a four-year player. If teams come calling to transfer up and it's some good schools, like I think it's going to be tough for Michael Pratt to say no. I, so maybe it's just kind of, I didn't predict him. I didn't think he would declare. I don't think, he, I didn't think he'd go to the NFL. So I didn't predict him on my list, but I, I, I don't know if we see Michael Pratt in Mobile ultimately. We'll see. We'll see. So he accepted. He accepted. So. He did accept. And uh, the other two players that received invites over well, today, um, well, first was an FCS uh, player, edge rusher uh, Jalex Hunt from Houston Christian, uh, got the invite today, as well as Kansas State tight end Ben Sanat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like I like Sanat a lot. He's had a really good season. Um, you know, he's definitely, you know, definitely intriguing. Um, and uh, I, I, th I think his his teammates, yeah, Cooper Bebe also received an invitation, okay, uh, as well. So, you know, they've been the best players for Kansas State ultimately. So that would be two for you. That would be that would be two for me. Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of a layup, but I'll, I'll take it. Well, there you go. Hey, we'll take what we can get. I did have Jalex Hunt on mine. We're going to talk about my uh, predictions, whatever they're worth now, uh, in just a second. But um, I had Jalex Hunt on my uh, just missed from defensive ends, and well, obviously that was a miss for me. So yeah, I, st I still have to watch Jalex Hunt. So I got to. I, I haven't this watched week. him either. So yeah. All right, so speaking of that, I dropped my Senior Bowl defensive player predictions today. 
uh, 12 defensive ends, 12 defensive tackles, 14 linebackers, 16 corners, and eight safeties. So, Shane, I tasked you yesterday. I said, go in there and look. Uh, you see who I've got. Like, uh, not unlike what I did with you last week, I want you to give me one player that you would have added to each pile. And you can't say Jalex Hunt for defense. <laughs> oh, man, you're taking my DDN. Yeah. The end was tough. So that was tough. And, I, you know, I'm not going to uh, include underclassmen here because that, that wouldn't be that fair. That wouldn't be you. fair. No, that it wouldn't be, be fair, fair to you either. And plus, I, I think that would make it harder, to be honest, to know. Yeah. Where that where that hits. Um, so defensive end was tough. I thought your defensive end predictions were very good. Um, so I I guess I'd probably include Cedric Johnson from Mississippi um, as a player that that I like just for the athletic upside. I guess I guess I'd lose Grayson Murphy. Uh, I think Gabe Murphy from UCLA's there. Grayson his twin. Pro- probably right, but as private player lose, but I, I think you nailed defensive end. I mean, I, I think you did really well with that list. I, I was with you, and where I was just going to include Gabe Murphy, but then I'm like, who doesn't like a good story? That's that, right. Dude, you know, so that's why I put in Grayson or uh, Grayson as well. Not that he's a bad player, because he's a good no. player as well. He's just not on the level of his brother or of Latu, but. uh I could see subbing out Blazik from D3 UW Platteville, who I put in there solely because I knew they were going to have some lower level guys. I just picked the wrong one. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I, maybe I picked the wrong one. Maybe they have both. I don't know. I know you include a lot more small school players than I did, which is probably smart, but it, I think it's always tough for us this early in the game. To, because to, we don't know which one. So we're, we're definitely guessing here. Uh, I know you probably had at least one of the South Dakota State linemen, right? Um, I don't know if I did. I don't know if I did include any of them. We'll have to go back and look. I'll All right, check. Who who do you who do you sub out and in on the defensive tackles? So defensive tackles, I can go the player that Jim Nagy dropped early, who hasn't had the best season, but I think once again the athleticism, McKinley Jackson from Texas A and M, if he declares is probably my pick. And I, you know, I try to pick someone that you didn't put in your just missed uh, as well. Cause you had some good names in the just missed, um, you know, like Fabian Lovett and, and uh, John Briggs. Um, I guess I'd probably lose Vernon Broughton from Texas. Um, but it was tough to pick a player to take out of this. Cause I like the Thor Griffith from Harvard. I like that feels like a senior bowl move, you know, just to, once again, a good story. Well, right there. So I, I guess I'd probably lose Vernon Broughton. And, you know, maybe it's funny now with the underclassmen. Like, I feel like Vernon Broughton might get bumped by teammate Byron Murphy if he, de- if he declares uh, who's a third-year player. Wasn't Griffith on those the freak list? Yes. He, for two years, I think, two in a row. Yeah. All right. Linebacker got a bit dicey for me because I put – I don't know if you've noticed this or not. I moved some edge, a couple of edge guys into the linebacker category because they're undersized edge guys, and that's where they're going to play if they come to Mobile. I, I did, which is smart. I think it's a smart because that's what happens. That's exactly what happens. Um, and so, yeah, linebacker-wise, I went with Jackson Mitchell from UConn as my pick. Like I think we're definitely getting Christian Haynes from UConn, the interior offensive lineman. I think it probably Parama Jackson Mitchell has had a good year taking someone out. I guess Marlo wax, but um, this is why so you're better at this than me because you did a really good job with somebody like some of these linebackers, like uh, Eugene Asante from Auburn. You're right. Like he's probably going to go. I wouldn't have even thought to put him in, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I started looking at some of these guys and it's like, he hasn't been that productive this year, uh, but like Richard Gibbonor from Troy, NFL teams are going to love his length and his size and athleticism, and I think that's kind of his ticket to get in this game, right? And I was looking at guys like like these converge. They love these conversions, right? So that's how I get in like a praise. I'm a Wole from UTEP, J.J. Weaver from Kentucky. And I was just – I was really surprised at how good of a season Kalen Deloach has had at Florida State. When I was researching this, so that's why I included him as well. But yeah, uh, 
corner, I'm going to be honest, this felt kind of easy going <laughs> through these names. I, I really don't think outside. Now, you told me that Jalen Simpson is probably a safety, which is fine uh, for this exercise. We'll just say we had nine safeties and 15 corners, if you will. But uh, I, 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 just, I really thought going through this, I could have put more corners in. Like right. I feel like I left some guys out. I, 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 and you mentioned the I mentioned the small schools uh, guys like PJ Jules from Southern Illinois. I, I've never watched him play, but I know he's got great size and length, and they love them some FCS corners at the Senior Bowl. Right, they they do. That's why like PJ Jules, I think's gonna be there. Feels pretty good. Um, I think it was another one where it's tough to pick like who to take out. Um, you know, I mentioned Simpson to you, but corner and safety gets very blurry at the Senior yeah. Bowl. So, um, I guess Kalen Carson from Wake Forest is probably mine. Um, I guess, I guess if I had to pick a guy to lose, would be uh, Ennis Rickshaw, um, from Missouri, the other Missouri corner, and the only other one I consider is Nehemiah Pritchett from Auburn. I think what did he get an invite last year? Yes, and I completely forgot about that. So okay. that's well, that, that doesn't mean he will this year, right? But, the other but one yeah, that's that's a good call on him. Uh, I can tell you one of all these 16 guys I have on this list, the one I feel the best about is Chris Abrams Drain from Missouri because he's from Mobile, like he's getting in, right? <laughs> he, yeah. He's in. 100%. Uh, how about the safeties? Because I don't feel good about. This I feel good about the players, but I don't feel good about my evaluations, so to speak. Yeah, I say and safety is always tough. I, I I think you put the wrong high state safety in, so that's what I'm going with. I, I think Lathan Ransom, though he has an injury right now, looks like he'll be back. Uh, I think he would get in over Josh Proctor for Ohio State. Maybe both make it. They do like to have their Buckeyes up there. Um, so that's probably what I'd go with. Though I like some of your adjustments, like Patrick McMorris from Cal, I think is intriguing Jalen Catalan from Texas is intriguing as well. And uh Catalan's definitely intriguing from a how good he was to kind of where he is now. I like McMorris more at San Diego State than I have this season. Yeah, kind of kind of old guys. The the Shiloh Sanders uh slip in from Colorado is I do you think they would just just do it just to do it? Yes. Hundred percent <laughs> yes. And that is why he was on this list. Hundred percent, yes. I if that feels like such a shrine move, it feels more of a shrine move, right? That they just and it could be, it could be, it, right? but you know, uh, to get that pub. But yeah, so those are our senior. That's my senior bowl predictions on defense. You can read them at draftcountdown.com for what I'm for what it's worth. Like I said, we had no idea that this underclassman announcement was coming today. The games did. They knew it was coming. We did not. We were not privy to this information. We always, this time every year, we've done this for the last, this is our third year doing this now. So we do this same time every year. We had no idea this was coming. So essentially, these are useless now for the most part. But, you know, it was a fun exercise for us. We're still going to keep score at home and uh, see how it works out for us there, see how it goes. But that's yeah, we'll it. See. I don't think we're beating last year's score though. Now, so. no, no, absolutely not. We're not. We're not going to. I don't think we're going above sixty percent like yeah. we did last year. Uh, at this point, I'm just hoping we get around forty. I, th I think we could hit fifty. Uh, we'll, we'll, see. Done. we'll see. All right, we had no questions in the Discord. I don't think we had any on Twitter. We do have one in the chat from Sal. He asked another question. Uh, did Jared Verse really gain anything by coming back for one more year? No, I, I don't think he did. He, here, here's the reason he came back, and what he might gain is, is, a, national, is championship, a national championship, right? I mean, they're they're gonna go to the playoff. I don't know if anyone's gonna beat Florida State in the ACC. So, if that was the goal, then you're hitting it. But draft capitalize it. No, yeah, probably right. So that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Draft Countdown podcast. Uh, final thoughts, uh, Shane, you had a seven-round mock. Everybody go check that out. I think I'm going to go two rounds this week, Shane. Oh, I'm going nice. to go out to two rounds this I'm week. proud of you, yeah. Um, and just kind of expand it out a little bit, see how that goes for me. 
But Shane, you had some big, uh, big news, business news this week. You want to talk about that right quick? Yeah. So my, the other podcast that I'm on, which I know you know a lot of listeners to this maybe found this through that, uh, the Debbie Marketplace was a, a fantasy football Debbie college centered podcast. And we, we're ending the show. Uh, we have two more weeks of it. We're going to do a big live stream Monday, uh, November 20th, if you want to participate and, and watch and listen to that show. But yeah, ending uh, show's been run for almost four years. I've been on it uh, about three years and enjoyed it, but it's kind of been time to move on. So I'm still sticking here with Draft Countdown. And, and fantasy-wise, may, maybe I'm going to take a couple years off, but uh, down the line I know I'll I'll be back in the podcasting fantasy football game at some point. Yeah. Uh, was a guest on there a couple of times and had, had a blast on there. Uh, Kane's great. Nelly's great. Uh, hate hate that uh, it's going away, but you know, glad that you're still here. <laughs> so you know, but. yeah, we had the I think the best the best opening theme song in all sports podcast history. So you can check that. You can listen to that if you've never uh, listened to the show. Let's go go download Debbie Marketplace and uh, give us some love. It's a lot, a lot. Uh, a lot can happen with a good theme song, right? That's true. That's true. Car- carried us for a while, you know? <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. Uh, as always, uh, if you're new to the channel, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, like the videos, share them out as well. If you're listening to this on an audio platform, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review there. Share it out as well. We'd love to get the listenership up on the audio version of this show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane at Shane P. Hallam. Follow Draft Countdown at Draft Countdown. And go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your NFL draft needs 24-7. We're live over there. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody. Good night.